You are listening to Pada Bang, a podcast that breaks down every episode of The Sopranos one at a time. Coming up is a conversation I had with Kim Martin of Warwick, New York. Kim is Payomai's mom. Payomai's real name, of course, is Goldie. This is a chat I had with her about her Sopranos experience, her Sopranos story, and the time her and the horse that she takes care of uh, was involved in the show. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Kim. Can you hear me okay? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, perfect. I drove to town. Because <laughs> being up in the mountains and the farm is in the valley, I was like, you know what, I don't want to screw this up. So. Oh, that's very kind of you. It should be pretty painless. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. Give listeners some background. Who are you and what do you do? So, I am from Hackensack, New Jersey. And grew up in most of the areas that they filmed in. I'm from Bergen County my whole life. Um, I have been riding horses since I was three at Overpeck Riding Center in Leonia. And um, now that's what I do for a living. I'm a professional uh, trainer and rider and uh, breeder. And how did you first get involved with the show? Maybe a bigger kind of overarching question is how did they find you? So, um... I guess about eight or nine years previous to them contacting me, I was the transportation coordinator for a movie called The Fisher King. It had two horses in it that were called Goliath and Lightning, and I transported them all over um, New York City with Robin Williams and Jeff Bridges. Yeah, it was a good movie. Um, Yeah. um, Basically, I got that gig because... The original gentleman who transported the horses, I guess he didn't um, have money for a good truck, and his truck blew up along the way. Um, and I was at Overpeck riding, and somebody said, ask Kimberly, she'll do it. So that's how I, uh, I got that gig. And then I got a call from Chris Howell, who was the rider and the stuntman for all the special effects for the Fisher King, and said, do you have a horse? a chestnut horse with some white, and can we come see it? And I said, I have two. I have a mom, and I have a young three-and-a-half-year-old mare. So they decided to come up to my farm and talk about it. My farm is in Warwick, New York. So I'm about 55 miles from Manhattan. So basically, the footage that you see that isn't very good in season four is of another horse that does not have a stripe in his snip and does not have four white socks. He has, She has a big white spot in the middle of her head and doesn't look like... If you're not a horse person, you probably wouldn't notice her anyway. So my horse is the stand-in for that horse. That horse was injured. The owners of that horse did not want their horse on the show, did not want them working on the horse. So... Uh, Chris Howell came to my farm, um, and he liked the younger horse, which is Goldie, and who plays Pio Mai. And it took him about a week to teach her how to lay down and stay there. Um, and he worked with her every day for a couple of hours. He's very gentle with her, and he's a really, really nice man. Um, and then they said, can you find us a goat? So the next thing, I gave my friend a call. 
We had a goat. And uh, Goldie also had her best friend Angel come because we want you want to have two horses. They're usually much better when they travel together. So if you mm. look in the scenes to the left, in all the scenes, you'll see a black horse with a big white spot on her head. That's her best friend Angel. Ah, you said the word goat? Yes. So they needed the goat, which is in the scene yes. where... Mai is sick. So one of my friends had goats, and I said, would you mind lending me a goat? And he said, hey, take the goat. So we brought the goat for that scene. Got so, it. Um, okay, and who was Chris to the show? You mentioned him from The Fisher King, but what was his relationship Chris, to The Sopranos? Okay, so he basically was, uh, you know, I, I don't know if his name's listed, but it should be. Chris Howell rode the horse in the show, um, The Fisher King, and also contacted me and worked with my horse, um, with Goldie. Um, he's, I believe he's from L.A. Uh, I'm not sure if he's still alive. He was older then, mm-hmm. um, but he's a really good rider, and he's a horse trainer, and he was a stuntman. Um, he's done a lot of stuff. Got it. And he was working for that production, and that's that was his task, was to find a horse that was chestnut. Correct. Got it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the logistics. Uh, where were the scenes filmed, and how much traveling did you have to do? Well, we shipped. So the first scene that we did was um, at Aqueduct, and the funniest part about that is Goldie had only been ridden like for two weeks. We just broke her. We, that's you called me to start riding, and we just started her. And uh, so I said to the jockey who got on her, I was like, you know, she's only been, you know, had somebody on her back for about two weeks. But basically all they had to do was ride her around, and that's the scene where you see him up on the horse, and um, you see the jockey up on the horse at Aqueduct. And what period of time were you involved with the show? So, like, once you got it, once they found, identified the horse they wanted to the cut print, what was the length of time that you were involved directly or indirectly it was a total of six weeks like total but not six weeks in a row got it yeah they yeah film other stuff and they call and say hey we need the horse you know that kind of thing and how this is not exactly like going grocery shopping and you know buying oranges and apples how did you negotiate the fee like what's the precedent for something like that how does it work well i have to be really honest with you basically i breed horses to sell them yeah. And I pretty much said to them that if I sold this horse, they would probably, she's probably, you know, when she's four or five years old and competing, would, you know, probably go for about $20,000. Um, over the course of our negotiations, I think total I got paid about 15000 Um, But that was with me shipping the horse down there, staying on set sometime for 20 hours. They were really long days. So I did not have a manager then. I didn't have somebody who said, hey, you know, maybe the horse can get royalties. Um, the funny part about that is, is one of the ladies who was one of the coordinators, she promised me that picture of Tony and Pai oh my. <laughs> she said, when, when this is all done, we'll, get, we'll send you the picture. Of course, I didn't get it, but uh, I thought that was pretty funny. So you started from the point of view that this is what I would sell the horse for and you kind of like prorated back to like what a rental fee would be? Is that fair? What I figured was this. If she was going to be in the movie, uh, in the series, excuse me, um, 
she's going to pay for herself, then I was never going to sell her. So pretty much, she bought, she, she worked her, she did her acting job, she paid for herself, she's had a couple of baby horses for me, and I've kept her her whole life. She's born in my arms, and she's actually the first one I bred just for me. Usually, I had been, you know, breeding horses for other people. This is the first one that I bred for me, so it's, it's kind of funny that, you know, she's, now she's more popular than she was when this happened, because I guess a lot of people didn't know where she was. Right. I think part of the fascination with her is that, um, you know, in the show, she dies. And obviously no animals were injured during the course of the shooting. But there's always this mystical legend of like, what is Payamai doing right now? Yeah, well, um, the, about, I guess about a year ago when the anniversary was coming, that's when I started posting stuff on Twitter, Payamai is alive, because it was more of a joke with my friends, you know? Yeah. Does anybody know Payamai is alive? So, you know, I started doing that. But um, we had some beautiful scenes. I mean, the, we had scenes at Overpeck Park in Leonia where he pays the farrier um, to do the horse's shoes. We have the scene with, which is in the rain, which that scene was pretty cool because um, Goldie was perfect. She laid down in her stall just like she was supposed to. The rain came. The goat walked by. Tony came in, he sat down, he grabbed the cigar container, it was empty. So we had to shoot four more times. But she did the perfect job, so I'm sure the property mistress got in a little bit of trouble for that. That was a beautiful scene, actually, and obviously wondering, like, that you train a horse to lay down, and you mentioned at the beginning that they had to do some work on that. Like, how, was, is that a hard thing to do in general, to get them to sit or to lay down? Well, Basically, it was kind of cool because I had, you know, I've never done trick stuff. I always, like, showed. I did, like, I jumped things and I did dressage. I did all the prancy stuff with horses. But I never taught a horse how to do tricks. But because Goldie was only, like, three and she's pretty clever and smart, all he had to do was when we clean our feet, we bend our leg up. And you see the bottom of the hoof? So... He would take that and he'd like lean on her and just pick it up a little bit more and a little bit more. And she would stretch with him. And then eventually he got her to lay down. It was like a very easy process. He just was, just took his time doing it with her. And eventually you just pick up her leg and pull it back and she would lay right down. And for a long time, if we had shoes put on her, I would say to the farrier, just Make sure you don't pull her leg all the way back, you know? This is a really uh, really dumb question, but do horses sleep standing up? Sometimes they sleep standing up. Sometimes they sleep laying down. It just depends. I mean, yeah, like today, it's it's kind of hot outside and stuff like that, and they're underneath the trees. The girl, most of the horses are pretty much have their eyes closed. Um, but, I mean, after they're outside playing all day and they come into their stall, we, we fill their stalls up with pine shavings. Um, they'll curl up like a little dog in there. Uh. Or sometimes they'll be stretched out. They roll in and stuff like it's fairy dust. I mean, they it, horses really, they, they enjoy their lives. How old is Goldie now, and how is she doing? Goldie is 22. She is very happy. She has a best friend named Candy the Pony. They hang out all the time. What is the lifespan of a horse? I'm thinking about it in terms of like a pet. Well, a lot of a lot of horses um, 
I guess if they're not taken care of, if they're 20 years long, um, I just had one of my first horses, he was 42 years old, die. Um, I kind of really stay on top of them. As they age, you know, they change as far as what they can eat to put more weight on. And if the winter's cold, you have to put more blankets on them. Um, so you just keep an eye on them. You know, as they get older, they're just not as easy a keeper as they are. So but, they can go into their uh, 40s. That's not unheard of. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's not unheard of. I think the oldest horse is in its 50s somewhere. Wow. Uh, I'm a total horse novice, so thank you for this education. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, um, I'm glad you're asking these questions. And can you still ride her, like, at old age, or when does that have to stop? Well, if I wanted to ride her, I could, but, I mean, she's 22 years old. I let her run around the farm um, and graze, and sometimes I just let her loose so I don't have to mow as much. She's one of the few that gets those privileges, her and her pony. And uh, she'll just take off running around like she's five years old again, so... Uh, but no, if I wanted to ride her, yes, I could ride her. There are um, a lot of competitive horses, endurance racing and stuff that are older, that do really well, that um, are managed very well. Mm. And has she been involved in any other projects like this, TV, film, since The Sopranos? No, she had a bunch of babies that have gone out to be really, really good show horses. Um, I've had a couple of my other horses... Um, Martha Stewart living um, in her wedding edition. One of my horses was in that. Law and Order had a couple horses in a couple of scenes that uh, the horse is being ridden through Central Park. You know, a couple of things like that, but not not Goldie. Okay. And finally, I live in the Los Angeles area. There's a racetrack here. I'm sure you're familiar. You've at least heard of it, Santa Anita. Yeah. There is a big ongoing story here about all of the racehorse deaths. And I wanted to get your perspective or thoughts on that, if you had any. You know, anytime an animal or a person dies, it's, it's not a good thing. But I think when it comes to professional sports, we have to consider a bunch of things. These animals are loved by their trainers. People live and breathe for these horses. I mean, the people who bred the horses, they don't want anything to happen to them. So I think that this is a circumstance of really bad weather, bad footing. I think um, UC Davis has addressed it as far as also... Because of the bad footing, I think they found that some of the horses might have had some stress fractures that they didn't show any lameness for, um, and then they were raced. Maybe they didn't have a willing to run, or um, they were just kind of off their feet a little. The, you know, it's, it's very hard sometimes. If they could speak to us and say, this hurts, you know, I think we would understand a lot better, but... Um, I, I think it's just a really competitive thing, and I just think that Santa Anita is only one part of the whole racing picture around the world. Um, in other parts of the country, if you look, their statistics are down 50 to 100% as far as management um, of the racehorses and the tracks and everything. But uh, I, I guess a lot of people also have addressed the fact that um, with Tin Anita, they made the classes bigger for the horses. There's a larger amount of horses running, and, and that kind of thing could have attributed to it. But, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer in people, and I think that 
uh, it's kind of like the perfect storm. I just think a lot of bad weather and, uh, and, and that really, really affected the footing. I appreciate that insight. Kim, this has been really great. Thanks so much for being a part of it. And uh, I'm excited that fans are going to get to see Goldie at the conference. And I hope that goes really well for you. Okay. Thanks again, Kim. It's been great. All right. You have a good day. You too. 